Move, said the great white father. There are many, so many hungry wolves. Can you find the wolves in this picture? find the wolves in this picture? Hello and welcome back to We Bought a Mic, a pop culture podcast, a pop culture Marty cast, talking the new film from Mr. Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon, out now in theaters. My name's Ernest. Welcome. Uh, my name is fan of auteur cinema hunter. My name's Ernest, not to be confused with the I piece eat. of shit <laughs> that is the star of this movie. The, the Leo character is named Ernest, which is a great look for me, but also a terrible look for me. Cause it's like, I get to be Leo, but I also get to be just like, just, just a, not a great dude. Overall. Wait, you don't think he's a good guy? You don't. You didn't come out and just be like, "Man, what a hero that we can all look towards." This Ernest Burkhart figure. I, I don't know how much that that gives away for the movie right up top, but but I think it's safe to go into this movie knowing that uh, Mr. Leo here, pictured pictured here, is not the uh, not the hero of the story. Um, so we're we're here to give you some some overall thoughts on this movie we're not gonna to get into spoilers but it is based on true events it is based on true events that maybe should have been taught in schools that's one of the the big things i've been knocking around in my head is you know why do we learn about all these horrible acts uh in schools and we don't hear about what happened to the osage people in oklahoma in the uh in the early 20th century um this is a true story it's uh it's about the the birth of the the fbi or at least the book was you can you can give some insight into that i think this movie sort of takes a little bit of a different approach to the the story a little bit more intimate uh sort of emotional um look at the story but it's a big deal it's a new marty it's a new leo it's a new bobby d uh it's a big coming out party for lily gladstone over here um, she'd been in some stuff, but I think this is sort of going to be the, the big, like mainstream, uh, get to know this big new talent moment for her. Um, there's so much to talk about. We're going to have to do another episode once this actually hits Apple TV. Um, it is an Apple film, Apple Paramount co-pro. Um, they were supposed to put it out on Apple, like pretty quick after this theatrical run. And now it looks like they might just see how it does in theaters before yeah. putting a firm date on that. Um, but yeah, we we did a big episode on Irishman back when that came out. Uh, this is just going to be a, a quick, um, I don't want to say instant reactions because it's been almost a full week since we saw it, but fairly fresh um, overall uh, spoiler-free review of the movie. So why don't you why don't you start us off hunter what would you think of killers of the flower moon yeah so i this is i haven't done this and i i don't even remember how long it's been but i i read the book in anticipation of this movie coming out because i heard phenomenal things about the book and i was like all right i want to check this out it's nonfiction. i primarily if i'm doing any reading i'm usually reading nonfiction stuff so i wanted to check it out and while i was reading it it's amazing book 
highly, highly recommend um, the book by David Grant. Um, I was while reading, I was kind of like wondering, like, all right, what exactly is going to be the Scorsese angle here? Like, you can't can't help yourself while you're reading a piece. Like, what is the angle that Scorsese read this? And it was just like, I only got a few of these things left in me. What's pulling me towards this? After watching this movie, it makes all the sense in the world. I think that like this is whenever we get around to Oscar time and they talk about best adapted screenplays. I think that this has to be the favorite for best adapted screenplay right now because they definitely do change up some things like here and there with the story beats. But primarily we change perspectives completely where in the book we really, really spend a lot of time in the Jesse Plemons role. Um, who is the proto FBI agent who goes on to actually be one of the the first real agents for it's just called the Bureau of Investigation before it's the FBI. And we spend a good chunk of the movie really in his eyes looking through the investigation, trying to uncover the mystery of these Osage murders. And in this story, all of that flips and we are in the Leo perspective, which following marty's filmography i know you like me ernie did a watch through of some blind spots of marty in anticipation for this tried to shout out to my Kundun heads out there yeah. <laughs> well but there's like there is a through line through a lot of his films uh despite kind of the the diversity in the the films themselves the types of characters that he is drawn to in stories and especially whenever it comes to complex or even bad dudes putting those at the center of your movie and then making you grapple with it as an audience member and what making the characters grapple with it through their actions over the course of the movie um i will say right now i think this movie is like an instant masterpiece this is like an instant five-star movie put this in the marty hall of fame i think that this is like excellent it fulfilled every expectation i had going for it and completely surpassed it I mean, whenever you talk about the direction, some of the shots that are in this movie and like some of the sequences at night, I'm like, how the fuck did they get it to look like that? That looks so gorgeous. It it captures a certain type of feeling that if you've been um, in the West and particularly in the Midwest, there's something about the way that light looks and the way that these open landscapes look that just feel different from anywhere else in the country and anywhere else in the world. And the way that Marty depicts that is so excellent. The The performances, we'll talk about it, but just top to bottom, not a single weak link. And I, and I think that we'll, another thing that is kind of might be a holdback for a lot of people is the runtime. That's three and a half hours. Yeah, it's That's a biggie. It, it's, it's been a, it's tough. a big topic of conversation online, a lot of discourse. Uh, Irishman was also this long. Um, I think Irishman had the benefit of just being a Netflix movie. So I think most people are just like, ah, uh, you know, it's they didn't even have the choice really to go see it in theaters. This one's getting a much bigger release. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a little different when you don't have the excuse of just like, oh, I'll watch it at home on streaming. Mm -hmm. This is this is a commitment. I think yeah. people should know that going into it because it, it's a massive, massive movie. I didn't really feel the runtime. I felt it a little bit at the end as it's wrapping up, um, but I was just so immersed. I mean, this movie pulls you into the time period so well. You just you you never think you're watching actors on a set, 
And I know the, that that's not where the bar is with Marty, but you know, you, you have to give it up to these people that you're not seeing, you're not thinking Leo, you're not thinking Robert De Niro, you're thinking, you know, Ernest, you're thinking, um, uh, King, King Hale. And, yeah. and obviously like the movie star factor is part of what they're trying to do here to lure you into the story of these despicable men through sort of the, the comfort of watching a movie star on screen. Um, but yeah, the, the runtime is, is it's just something that Marty is just not you're you want every single second out of a martin scorsese movie you, mm-hmm. you don't you're not thinking yeah. cut that shit down you know i don't watch a marty movie and i'm like can we make this an hour and a half oh <laughs> i want to get on with my day no i'm like this is one of the great masters possibly one of the goats of cinema ever like we give me all of it give me everything that you want to say Put it all on screen. I, I will say, you mentioned about it dragging. I did not think that it dragged at all, which is one of the reasons why I'm like five stars right off the bat, give it to this movie, is if I did not feel the runtime at three and a half hours, then like, bravo to you, sir. I think a big credit to that, because I actually do think that the Irishman does drag a little bit there. Irishman is a lot slower of paced of a movie. I got to give a huge credit to... Our boy, R.I.P. Robbie Robertson um, from uh, from uh, the band who just passed away earlier this year, who does the score. But there is a thumping quality to the score the entire yeah. time it's going, and like the twang on the guitar from scene to scene. It's never anything that's distracting or or even like showy. Like I think probably the favorite i don't i don't have a gold derby in front of me right now but i'm sure the favorite right now for best uh score of the year is probably oppenheimer if i had to make a guess ludwig ludwig and that is a lot flashier of a score nolan has the ability with the way that he shoots movies that he's just like i'm gonna clear out the paint i'm just gonna show epic landscapes and have you fucking do your thing uh in the the film bay but this is a lot more low key. It's a lot more just driving scene to scene. It's a very dialogue heavy movie. And I think that that helps the pace. It helps it not to drag. Yeah. I, I, I I don't know if personally, I think this is like instant masterpiece for me. I want to see it a second time. Usually I'm, I'm a lot more apprehensive about going like five stars, instant classic, unless it really hits me like a fucking freight train this movie's very subdued it, it's it has like um eerie like creep factor to it where it lures you in very very slowly and and marty he's he's moved so far away from like being this loud abrasive flashy filmmaker um i see this as like almost like the third part of this trilogy post Wolf of Wall Street, where with silence, the Irishman and now killers of the flower moon, he left it all on the table with Wolf. And now with silence, he's reckoning with his faith Irishman. He's reckoning with his career and the types of movies that made him famous. And now with killers of the flower moon, he's reckoning with his country. And Mm -hmm. with that comes reckoning with the, the, the things that our America has done, the evil things that America has done. Um, and this is a very sad movie. This is a very morose, like deeply 
just devastating movie. And I, as much as I like think it's, it's so gutting, I want to see it again to really dig into it because there's so many aspects of it that I could barely grab onto. Like there's these flashes, these moments, these, these little things that he throws in that I just kept thinking to myself, I can't even grasp this right now. I'm going to have to see it again. This is such a massive, just totemic, colossal movie that you can't grab onto every little thing. And coming out of it, I was just like, I was just really sad. And and just, it, it doesn't leave you in the, in the best place, which is the point, right? It's a very, it's a very sad story. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm still tossing it around in my head. I, Part of me feels like something like Kundun, that was a much younger Marty. And I think that that was, he was willing to take much bigger risks. That movie almost ruined his career. That movie has no movie stars. It's it's a movie that nobody else would make. Um, and I appreciate that movie a lot more now because of the risks that it takes. And obviously not everyone's going to jive with, with Kundun. It doesn't have the star power that this movie has. But to me right now, like, unfortunately, Marty has had a lot of trouble getting his movies made. And it feels like in some way this was a little tiny bit of a compromise to not be able to focus the story completely on the Osage and on Lily Gladstone and and to need to have the the white folks at the center of this story. Um, But at the same time, it, it makes sense because it's not movie made by an Osage person for an Osage audience. It's made by a white guy, Marty, for a white audience. So you kind of need to come at it from that angle to understand the point of this movie, which is a story of complacency and how not all the things, the evil things that happen in this country are done by evil people, but by complacent people. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, that's sort of what I'm tossing around in my head is like, yeah, would I have wished to have seen the version of the story where the Lily Gladstone character is the main character and it's fully from her perspective? Yeah, but that's not the movie we got. And I'm not going to you know, wish that it was a different movie. I want to analyze the movie that it is. So I'm just kind of dueling with those with those two sort of contrasting thoughts a little bit as I as I let the movie sit with me. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, that's interesting. Like the the idea of like if this movie is some sort of compromise see the the way that i was viewing this movie is and a lot always similar to the things that we were saying about with irishman is that this is marty looking at his entire career and not just at the movies that he has made on their surface but about like what people have taken from his movies and all of the wrong lessons that people have taken from something like goodfellas or something like wolf of wall street and him trying to reckon with that i think that it's very purposeful to put ernest burkhart at the center of this movie because that is like almost just the the root of the type of protagonist that Marty is interested in. He's interested in people who are bad people, but bad, dumb people who are just very like easily manipulated by their environments. And they may not necessarily be coming from this, from a a point of pure evil. A lot of time, pure evil is just like a supporting figure, a, a ghost that's looming over their shoulder. That's whispering all the things in their ears. But I think that for 
this movie in particular, it has this haunted quality about it. Like scene to scene, the way that it's shot, the way that it's directed, it feels like you are seeing ghosts. And in a lot of ways, you quite literally are in some sequences in the movie without actually getting into everything that happens with the Osage people. But I think that this is – Marty is trying to use this story to look inward at himself and say like what have i done who are the people that i put on a pedestal in my movies whether i was intending to or not i am i any better than ernest burkhart because i put these characters in the limelight when maybe they never had any right to be i think that that's the reason why I, again i mentioned before like uh, reading the book where we focus on more of the the investigation side and more of that like uh neutral third party perspective on the on what's going on marty could have since he was changing perspective anyway he could have focused from the perspective of lily gladstone and of molly and her family but i i don't want to say i found it more compelling but i i think that it is i love the story that we got because it is forcing you as the audience and it's forcing the characters to grapple with what they've done mm -hmm. um Again, without getting into spoilers, one of the final scenes of this movie is so deeply gutting when we have some of our characters have to face the repercussions of their actions in a way that like I, I don't know if we flip the if we flip the script, I don't know if we get moments like that that are yeah. as impactful. Yeah, and, and the length plays into that too, because you're just sitting there for the longest time witnessing things happen in such a drawn out slow way where the violence in this movie is not in your face. It just sort of happens like it's almost, so subtle, almost mm -hmm. off screen, like just out. It, it, it's you're just waiting for, to get that release, that, that catharsis and you never quite get it. And it's so deliberate with how long this movie plays out with this, this, subtle almost droning dread um mm -hmm. and it never quite peaks um and i wasn't expecting that i feel like a lot of people might go into this movie expecting something a little bit more bombastic like almost like marty's going back to something like wolf of wall street because he's reuniting with leo and that's not what this is yeah. at all like this is a very moody solemn sad movie um, and I hope that people go into it with that in mind and, and knowing that the characters are so complicated and that you're not really left with a hero. You're you're left with like a bunch of either evil people, complacent people or just broken people. And there's no really no winners in this story. So that's just kind of what you're left with. It's it's funny, like especially thinking about this uh, tied to Wolf, since that's the last movie that Marty made with Leo, obviously. In both Wolf and this, there's such a nonchalance to the 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 like there are murders per se in Wolf, but to like all of the sins that a character can commit in Wolf, it, it's nonchalance in the way that's like this raucous party and we're never going to come down from this high. And in this, it's nonchalance in the way of like, well, these aren't even real people like it's it's both sides of like what you mentioned earlier, complacency mm -hmm. and just not actually consider having any kind of consideration for your actions and for those repercussions. It, this is totally a testament to Martin Scorsese as 
a filmmaker for movie stars, which he might be the the best ever at that, at doing both sides of that coin. Because it, it, it's so important to have something like somebody like Leo in this movie or even somebody like Bobby De Niro because they're able to win you over in yeah. like scene to scene. Like there's scenes with Leo and Bobby where they're like, you're laughing with them. And it's like, oh, this is a fun time. And then they just say some of the most like racist, vile shit you've ever heard in your life. And you're like, oh, Oh, why am I why am I sympathizing? Why am I empathizing with these characters right now? And that's like that's knowing you're that is knowing that like I have this ace in the hole and I can just play this at any time that I want and get you sucked back into this, like get this pit back in your stomach again. All right, we gotta we gotta wrap it up. Real quick, uh rapid fire. Do you think that this is Leo's best? Where would you put this like in your Be- best all time Leo performance? Because some people are saying that. I mean, it's up it's there. It's got to be like top five easily. Yeah, it's definitely top five. Um, we're going to talk. This best actor race is turn like it's starting to heat up to be like an yeah. absolute all timer. Especially. Coming. Yeah, especially whenever you consider that a guy like Joaquin for Bo is Afraid isn't even going to get a nomination. Right. Uh, hey, like Napoleon, dude. <laughs> He'll get for Napoleon and we'll the real ones will know it's for Bo is Afraid. Um, I, I love how droopy Leo is in this movie. He's so dude, the shape he makes with his <laughs> He's going full Brando face. Yeah. I don't know, like I've never heard people directly say it, but he's like going like full, <laughs> full Brando. His jaw is getting so wide, it's insane. Like it was uh, Leo said before that Brando was like his his hero and they always wanted to be yeah. the next Brando, and he's quite physically becoming the next Brando. He'll get the nom. He'll, I'm sure he'll get yeah. the nom. I think Killian, Killian probably takes it for, for Oppie. I think this movie might go zero. Like, it might get zero wins just like Irishman. Like, God maybe, damn it, dude. I think what are we put, doing? What we are we doing? All our cards on Lily Gladstone. Like, Lily Gladstone needs to get her Oscar. Like, that has to be if, – if this movie's going to well, be fun, it has to be that. I don't know if it will because I think they're trying to put her in lead, which they should. She is a co-lead of this movie. But if she does, she's going against the buzzsaw that is Emma Stone and Poor Things, which Poor Things review coming soon. Um, I uh, I don't know if this is my favorite. I have to see this again. It's definitely top five. I still, even though it's flashier, would put Wolf ahead of this. Yeah. Um, right now. Where where are you about at on this? You don't have to have this like finalized like this is number seven all time, but is this like top five? Is it top ten? It's definitely top ten for Marty. I I would put it right below that like five star tier. Like it's like right, okay. it's like right in the the cusp of that underneath the five star tier for me. Uh it, yeah, I mean, to me, it's like what I don't have it pulled up. Goodfellas, Taxi Driver, King of Comedy, Wolf of Wall Street. Um, after Hours is really high for me. I fucking love After Hours. Um, I have it right now, very tentatively sixth behind those five movies behind Goodfellas, Taxi Driver, Wolf, After Hours, King of Comedy. I can't flip back and forth Raging on those. Bull. And then I have that. That's another one. I need to rewatch Raging Bull. Talk about a movie that's a bummer. Um, yeah. <laughs> weirdly, I want to rewatch Killers of the Flower Moon before I want to rewatch Raging Bull because Raging Bull just yeah. makes you feel bad while you're watching it. Yeah. And um, you know, Kundun, Kundun really worked for me, man. I don't know that that I was. I gotta watch. Kundun. That's one that's, of the that's few that's where I was me. just like, I was just like five stars. Like nobody else can. Instant this movie, like literally, yeah. 
no and he he almost he was like banned dude like china tried to end marty when he made coon dude like we're lucky that he got a career after that because it was bad with, with disney getting involved in everything um but yeah we got to wrap it up there we'll definitely uh hit you with a full-on deep dive review of this movie all spoilers once it comes out on apple tv plus uh, or maybe even before then, we'll see. We'll see how this movie does in theaters. I, I'm not sure. T T Swift um, mode has been engaged, um, so we don't know. This might be a flop. I I don't know how the Marty heads are gonna rise up in the in the face of the Swifties. Um, Do we think there aren't a lot of people doing like Killer of the Flower era uh, double Taylor's feature? Of, Taylor's of the Swifty Moon. Yeah, I listen. If you got a cool seven hours to spend at your local cinema, yeah, just do that double feature. Do it up. up. That'd be great. Well, let us know if you if you go, what your thoughts are on Kills of the Flower Moon and on Taylor Swift the Eras Tour. What's the double feature like? Um, And stick around for more award stuff. I hope not a lot of stuff gets pushed. I'm hearing the bike riders just got pushed. Um, But yeah, poor things is coming. Uh, Wonka is coming. Uh, we have a couple, a couple uh, more advanced screenings coming up soon. We got Priscilla. We got the Killer. Um, so there's stuff coming out. Things are shuffling, but we still got some good stuff. So stick around. Um, keep uh, keep up with our Tom v Tom series with Joe versus the Volcano and um, a few good men coming soon. Thank you all. We'll see you next time. Love you. Bye. Bye.